It's time for the sports show for guys who know sports. Texarkana's longest-running sports talk show. With Zach and the Professor on 107.9, The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Leaving the Yard. This is normally why I'd say you're joining Zach and the Professor. Not today, however. When they say Good Friday, Tony's gone, and that makes it a Good Friday automatically. <laughs> Instead of Tony Kirk, we got a really special show today. We've got, uh, for the first half of the show, we're going to be talking football. Rick Minner, who's in joining us. For the second half of the show... Zach Fowler's hopping in. We're going to talk baseball for the second half. So if you're a football guy, this is your half hour. If you're a baseball guy, you can hang around. You can listen to some football talk. Yep. But we're going to come back and do baseball in the second half of the show. But we are really fortunate on a uh, kind of a holiday uh, Friday to have really knowledgeable folks joining us today. And we'll start with Rick Minner, who's back in town. I got a text from you this afternoon saying I'm in town. Yeah, just what got in this morning. Woke up at 3.15 this morning Ugh. in Michigan and made the journey to the airport and through DFW right on into home. And my brother Vince picked me up yeah. and took a little snooze this afternoon for about a half hour. Nothing wrong with that. That's right. So. And, and look at this outfit now. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Now, I'm trying to – last time we saw you, you were done a lot of Vandy stuff. Yep. I think when we started, you had a lot of Raven stuff. Ravens, then Southern Miss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Battle Hawks up in St. Louis, all those sorts of things. Uh, then last year, it was all Vanderbilt for yeah. a year. Oh, Jesse yeah. got hired there in uh, late January. I moved there to Nashville, remember, in August. and Yeah, became, we missed you. Yeah, became an analyst with him over there and – they made some great strides throughout the season, and then opportunity knocked. And it all started when the Ravens had a change of defensive coordinator. Yep. And then the dominoes started shuffling. Mike McDonald, the young guy that got the job at Michigan one year ago, while Jesse got the Vanderbilt job, then Mike gets called back home to Ravens with John, and then Jim says, well, I'll, I'll hire my next guy. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit of chair shuffling, but it's all in the family. And uh, Jesse's done a great job there. And then Jim, like I mentioned earlier off off camera here, you know, Jim really values his father being around Jack Harbaugh. He's a great man. I visited with Jack the other day for a long time. Uh, both sons really embellish his wisdom and knowledge. And, and he was actually the one who just said, hey, your dad's working with you down there at Vandy, right? He says, what do you think about him coming up, you know? <laughs> so uh, it worked out great. They hired me on full time. Now, this is a different kind of yeah. – position and analyst job that I have now with Jess versus what we were allowed to do last year at Vanderbilt. So, so what, what's what been the difference? <clears throat> well, I'm full-time guy. Okay. I'm, I'm employed by the University of Michigan. I'm going to go in their health system, get rid of med for a few years. Nice. Uh, but, I mean, every minute the coaches are in the office, I'm in the office. And it wasn't that way necessarily last year. I was right. just Jesse's personal advanced scout guy and it was really just he and i dealing with each other one-on-one sure getting some advice here and there getting some uh tales on the upcoming opponent and that type of thing and but now we've got a, a large staff room of like 12 people on defense so he's going to be blessed to be around a lot more people a lot right. more input uh, which will be great they've got a five-man staff on defense two grad assistants that's what seven right and then the other five of us are analysts and I'm the older guy in the room. Then you have a guy named Doug Mallory, who's son of Bill Mallory, uh -huh. who played at Michigan with Jim. So Doug's 59 years old. Yep. A great, great coach and a great person. Uh, so a lot of stability and, and wisdom around Jess. We, we started getting into our first opponent the other day, and you can kind of see how it's going to work. I present something. Everybody else is going to present something. Ultimately, toward going toward, he puts the plan together, sure. calls the games on Saturday, makes out the scripts for practice, et cetera. We, we, you're, you're, you've got a lot of voices in the room. How difficult is it to funnel through all of those? Because you may not all agree on something. You oh, may yeah. see something on, on an opponent that you believe. Other guy may say, well, you know, but I see it this way. You, I, I look back at a year and a half ago, and they were running. So, Having to siphon through all of that, how hard is that? 
Well, that's why they pay him the big bucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough is but, what you're saying. But, no, it is. Uh, he's in such a better place this year than last year, and I was involved in that a little bit last year. The staff wasn't quite as knowledgeable, quite as extroverted in their ability to see information, help with information. Uh, and then the challenge will be, because haven't, we haven't quite done it yet. Right. We just went through spring. But uh, the good news for Jess this year was he walked into a system that had been in place one year prior coming from the Ravens, very similar to what he would, would have brought anyway alone right. from Vanderbilt. So he just kind of exchanged chairs with Mike McDonald. Playbook, everything's exactly the same. So it was an easy transition, and then he could just relax and didn't have to worry about teaching all the nuances. They were teaching him, here's what we did last year, here's what we called it last year. Sure. Uh, but it'll be up to him. Uh, but he won't be short of information and ideas. And yeah, the, the old war horse still thinks he's got it. You know, you gotta you gotta know when to stay in your lane, right? Hey, Dad. Okay, I got you. Shut up over there. You know. Is that a hard transition for you? Because I mean, you've gone from being a head coach oh, yeah. to a defensive coordinator to places, and now you're in effect one, one of the voices right. in the room. How difficult is that for you? At times, it's a challenge because yeah. whether it's my son or not. And I'm glad it is my son in that chair, right. just from a honorable dad standpoint. But it would be challenging if no matter who the guy was, right. you know, because you've been there, done that. You've kind of set in your ways, too. And you really have to learn when to stay in your own lane, when it's your turn to talk, when it's not your turn to talk. Uh, be diplomatic about any uh, suggestive ideas, but politely disagree if you disagree. Nothing's sure. wrong with that. And that's how we get better. We grow together. But uh, at times it is frustrating because I've I've been there so many times and um, I've been in the big house and you 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 know, you're, you just want to put yourself in those shoes every yeah. now and then and say okay here's what I would think sure but it, it's so proudful to sit back and watch your son do it so I'm glad it's my son because if it wasn't I'd be really frustrated at times <laughs> because if it was just some other guy sure but uh, I've got a strong personality uh, Jess knows that so he's got to you know keep me in my lane most of the time does, does Coach Harbaugh really let the defensive staff do their thing is he really on the offensive side involved yes. or is he oh he is yeah that was kind of going to be the, the yeah i mean jim's a good question. ceo and he lets guys run the offense right, but right. it's with his thumbprint sure and approval but he sits in there he looks over the quarterbacks obviously with uh, right. matt weiss uh, the new offensive coordinator because they have a co-coordinatorship now they lost their guy remember right. to uh miami florida right and so he elevated co's and be interesting to see how that all pans out and works out. But uh, he doesn't mess with the defense whatsoever, you know. And, and that's good for Jess. It was always good for me when I worked for offensive-minded head coaches yep. versus every now and then on the defensive-minded head coaches. It's an entirely different world. You'd rather have that guy staying in the other room than in your room. And that's no offense to that setup, but no. it's just so much more comfortable. When you were hired to do a job, here's your expertise – and the guy trusts you to go out and do your job. And Mike McDonald delivered. So he set the table for Jess to be able to enjoy this autonomy and, and run this system that both brothers now like. That's why John brought Mike back. Yep. He got rid of Don Martindale. They kind of run their – uh, you know, ran their stretch for a long time. Sure. And uh, he's done well. He's in New York. We had dinner. He came to the uh, Michigan Pro Day. So Wink and Jess and I all go back to old times. Yeah. And we went out and had a nice steak dinner and, and enjoyed each other. But Wink goes to New York now, right. Jesse to Michigan, and, you know, Mike McDonald back to the Ravens. So everybody kind of shifted chairs, and they can all stay friends. Sure. But sometimes it's better that you're not working together anymore, but you can become more equals. Yeah, no question. Uh, it's uh, uh, Rick Minner in here with us today. Tony's uh, gone on the road. He'll be back in on Monday. Uh, Michigan had a great year last year. Yep. Finally broke through, it felt like. Got themselves a Big Ten championship. Slayed Ohio State. Is there a, And I know you weren't there prior, but is there a sense around the campus up in Ann Arbor that the expectations now are finally not, well, we got to beat Ohio State, or are we ever going to be able to? Now expectations are more along the line of, are we one of those four best teams in the country, and are we a team that can compete for a national championship? It'll be interesting dynamics to watch. Uh, it was easy to see how it panned out. They had some dynamic players on defense last year, three first-round type guys on defense, two edge players, yep. uh, Hutchinson and Ojaba and uh, Hill at safety, all three first-round uh, 
uh, deserving, perhaps. Sure. Uh, we don't have exactly those guys, but collectively as a whole, we might be better because the whole system is now continuity-oriented, player-friendly, right. coaching consistency, Jesse just plugging in and right. kind of adding a wrinkle or two here and there. It might be a more productive unit, we think. We might have to generate pass rush rather than leading pass rush. Sure. I mean, he was a, he's a freak. I mean, really. He'd probably I mean, be the number one pick in the draft, you'd think. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Just, you know, it's a big deal, you know, to say you're one or you're two. It'd be nice feather in the cap of all the Michigan fans to say we got the number one guy. He's going to be a great pro no matter what. He's kind of out of that Bosa family right. of uh, extraordinary athletes who's got tremendous twitch. Uh, he's about 6'6", 270, 275, and he's legit in all those numbers. The other thing that Michigan, I think, is going to begin to build upon is we've have we got a great weight program, as does Ohio State. Now, Mickey Marotti, the guy at Ohio State, was my guy right. all the way back to Cincinnati. So nothing against Mick, but this guy, Ben Herbert, is a Wisconsin guy, Bill McGuire Arkansas, and now Michigan guy. And uh, I think that's a huge difference for the Wolverines. I, I give uh, you and I've talked about it over the over the couple of years. Yeah, you're always giving credit where credit's due to people who are great at development. And Wisconsin is as good as anybody at player development. I was that way. Uh, they have we, to be. They have to be. Yeah, exactly they don't get right. those five star exactly guys. Exactly right. Right. So now that you've got a great player development guy at a place where they get good players. Yeah. It's look out because now it was the fourth year of Herb's existence on Jim's staff yeah. that they win the Big Ten. So is there any coincidence there that and they pushed Ohio State around in that game last year, both sides of the ball. No question. So maybe the tide's turning now uh, to get it back the way it used to be. You know, it was a dogfight every yeah. year, every other year type of thing. Because they've owned Michigan for 10 years. Since Urban Meyer got there, they've owned Michigan. And there's lots of reasons why. But eyes forward, uh, it's going to be fun to watch that dynamic come back around. Jesse against Ryan Day, uh, you know, with a dynamic quarterback and, you know, limitless skill players they have down there. Sure. But the difference in the way they'll attack them now versus the way Don Brown begun to attack them and got toasted, you know, game after game. Yeah. So it'd be fun to watch that. But there's a lot going for the Michigan Wolverines. You've got Jim Harbaugh's stability now. You've got Herb as in the weight room. You've got these young guys come along on offense that are aspiring coordinators. You've got Jesse on defense who's doing it now the way Jim wants it to be done yep. and playing mix of zone and man and some pressures. And uh, So it's going to be fun, dynamic to watch, and then see the recruiting elevate. It does need to elevate, and I think it is uh, in the process of doing that right now is – you know, uh, you got all these NIL influences. You got all kinds of other issues out there that could affect that. Yes. But uh, but all in all, they're going after the best of the best, and they'll only have to be turned down to lose them. You know. Well, and and I don't know that they were in the discussion with the best of the best the last few years. They were not. The the, the southeastern conference obviously. <clears throat> manages to put a pretty big net over the kids in the South, in right. Florida and Texas, et cetera. Notre Dame still recruits well, although it's a little different recruiting. Right. Ohio State has been very good. I mean, the national brand that used to be Michigan kind of had – it felt like it kind of had shrunk oh, down in. Definitely to be fell off. Much more regional than it was national. Yeah. Is that really the goal is to try to get back to being a national yeah. brand? Uh, there's no question about that. I mean, you, we can't talk about specific. No, no, but no. If you just look at our board – it's all over the place, right. you know, which is good. But being realistic, a lot of those kids are located in the South also. Sure. And while they might listen now, who do they end up turning to? Right. And Marcus Freeman is going to make a difference, is making a difference right now at Notre Dame. I mean, you know, whether you're talking about the highly touted black kid and that type of thing that decides to go sure. there now, whereas, whereas BK may or may not have closed the, you know, the deal on those kind of guys. Uh, Ohio State's always going to recruit well. Yep. So I think it's the three of us up there that's you know trying to really uh, land on the national stage consistently. But in the end, you look what Georgia did to Michigan in the bowl game. I mean, the eventual national title. But still, as good as Michigan was, they just – You could yeah. see the gap still. Oh, they just yeah. chewed them up and yeah. spit them out. It wasn't even close. We're going to take a timeout. Rick Minner's in here with us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. You mentioned Brian Kelly's name. He's in the news again this week. We'll talk about him for a second. 
NIL is a constant thing. Nick Saban commented this week about it. We'll come back and talk to Rick Minner about those and more. Reminder, Zach Fowler's coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. Liberty Island baseball coach. In fact, I'm going to go open the door for him, and we'll come back with Rick Minner. You're going to leave in the yard on the fan 107.9. Prepare for the future and reach your full potential at Liberty ILO ISD. At Liberty ILO, our educators will assist your child to become a college graduate and or career ready. We believe a safe and secure environment provides the peace of mind necessary for the pursuit of excellence. Our school environment gives our students and staff the freedom to pursue and achieve the highest levels of performance. As we say at Liberty ILO, leopard pride never dies. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. All the way to back. All right, welcome back. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach along with Rick Minner this afternoon as uh, Zach Fowler's coming up in a little bit. We've been talking uh, actually during the break as well about the impact of one more time name, image, and likeness. And right. Nick Saban this week came out uh, kind of following up, I think, what Dabo Sweeney had said uh, a while back about right. this is not going to work. We can't make this work. And I think Nick finally came out and said, you're going to be buying players is all this is going to become now. Recruiting is no longer about come to my facilities, look at my stuff. Look at my weight room and my program. Look at the players I put in the NFL. I'm going to de- – it's just a matter of – I got a checkbook. This is yeah. how much it's going to co- – you want to come here, this is how much we have for you. You know, it's it's a fine line, and, and uh, some of the different views that head coaches are taking is – some of them are old school, then they say, you know, I don't want – of course, Jimbo claims this – we don't want NIL to influence the kid – of making his decision about where he goes. We okay. know that's false, but that's an... We're going to say it. You like to say it. Yeah. But once a kid gets to your program, then more power to him for all the alums who want to get involved and empower the kid and do all the deals and things like that. But it's, you just do it naturally. Just I mean, like you talk about solving a case, right? What's the motive? Right. Well, the motive is to get the best players. Well, sure. So let's buy the best players yes. with the deal. Uh how about getting a kid on an unofficial visit to just come to your place and look, okay? So you say, all right, well, let's get a, a podcast a group down here in our town okay. or our little city that's willing to pay, you know, 1500 2000 uh, for a kid to come do a podcast sure. interview. live. Yeah. Do an, do an yeah. interview. That's how the kid will make it to campus. Sure. To make a, take a look. He's not coming down to recruit. He's coming down to do an interview. Do an interview. Right. He will look, but he'll get paid, so that'll cover his plane ticket, and right. that'll cover everything. So there's all kinds of ways to get around it of saying, all we want to do is get the kids on campus. Uh, just heard about other schools around where they're going to set uh, an amount to sign, and then they're going to have a yearly guaranteed salary. Sure. And that's out there. Right. And it's not anything over big, but it's everybody on the team. And that's what sells the best right now Yes, how can we take care of every single player on the team. And unless your school doesn't get involved in this, which is now the legal law, right. you're going to fall way off the map. Okay, you're not going to get anybody. Nope. Uh, the quarterback, uh, he'll, he'll drive the nice cars. The other kids will drive nice cars. He'll make you know, six, seven figures. Depends on which alums sure. like him the best. Uh, it, it is the Wild Wild West, and uh, the, the Pandora's box has been opened, never to be closed. Never. Uh, there's a better chance that the portal could have some implications and rules stuck onto it. My suggestion on the portal is that you have to stay at a program a minimum of two years. Not 
not just open it up after one because we're not teaching the kids anything about perseverance, overcoming adversity, uh, adjusting, adapting. And then after two years, then a kid might know that he's not going to fit in the plans uh, or the or the green is better somewhere else. Right. But after one, I don't like it at all after one year. Could you make the caveat of the kid can leave after one if the coach that recruited him leaves? Like you, um, your coach Rick you Minner, could. you came and got me and told me I'm coming to Michigan yeah. to be with you. And boy, first year I'm here and we're good and I'm about to be a starter. Or, or you, you take a job yeah. in the NFL and now I'm left with some guy who doesn't even know me and I got to hang around for another year and not play. It's 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 almost like outside of that would be a, a possible uh, exception, and maybe if the coach himself can request to leave after one, right. and the coach has the right after one to say no. We'll talk after. Well, he won't talk anymore, but he'll he'll sign up for the portal the second year. I just think by giving the kids freedom all the time, and particularly after one, they are running from all their issues. Could be running too, of sure, course. Sure, they could. But they're running away from a situation that didn't go the way it was promised, right. and they haven't been there long enough. The old expression I've always used forever, never more evident. Toughest thing about being a freshman in college is becoming a sophomore. Yeah, and. Make them become sophomores. Make them get over that homesickness and that adaptability and everything else. And then after year two, the kid's just disenchanted or he's going to be bought off somewhere else. And so, you know, it's going to kill a program like Vanderbilt. Yeah. Okay. They have no chance. They're not going to pay. They're not going to pay. And Arkansas is going to flourish. I think Arkansas, you know, we've talked about this before in other sports as well, basketball in particular. Arkansas has built a singular school state, basically. No offense to Arkansas State, but really it's a university where the money pocket is in the state. Why can't they outbid anybody in in Mississippi, anybody at LSU? I mean, you start looking at it, there's a lot of cash up in northwest Arkansas. But LSU went in there and bought two of their defensive backs out to come to LSU. Yes, they did. So there is still a pecking order of playing that if the money's equal i'm still going to go to the place that wins national titles and, right you know things like that what do so. you think of the kid that did the uh the uh, tiktok or youtube or whatever started out in the in the texas uh, uh um, trophy room made a big deal about there weren't any football trophies there then went to A&M and basically said the same thing. I thought it was very disrespectful for a kid to walk into a university that's recruiting him and start saying, well, you know, I see a lot of swimming trophies. Where's the football trophies? Right, right. I didn't follow that didn't story. Didn't see that? Uh-uh. Ugh. It's a nightmare. No, no, the old expression, the inmates run the asylum. Yeah, that's what's happening. They are totally out front. So, And, and as coaches, you're, at the moment right now, at the moment, the head coach is still making more than the players. I don't know that all of the the coordinators might be as well, but we're starting to talk about position coaches that are making less than the player is that he's standing across the line. It's more like the NFL now where the players make more money than the coaches down the road. Could you have imagined that when you were head coach? Never, never. And like I said, some of this stuff is good. I was for the stipend, you know, to give them a mile. They should get some money. And even if it's double and triple what they're getting on stipends, you know, if a kid gets – Ten or twenty thousand dollars a year to go to college. You average that out over twelve months. It's not that much money. No. Okay, for spending money for girlfriend money, pizzas here and there. Talking about two hundred fifty bucks a week. Yeah, that's not a lot of money. And they do put in a tremendous amount of time working for the university and 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 reel in millions and billions of dollars. Yes, they are really employees uh, like that. So I'm I'm forgiving the kids way more than they've ever gotten, but uh, but. uh, but to make it after one and they can go anywhere to buy them in the recruiting process right. and make that league, I'm not for that at all. Yeah, I don't know how the NCAA puts rules on this at this stage. It feels so out of the box right now. I don't know how the how the well they had their hand in uh, the head in the sand for so long yep. about not listening to players' concerns. Yep. And then even this EA Sports thing that started ten years ago, they had a chance to kind of nip that in the bud a few times and offer up some you know some type of resolution. Yeah. And they had even had to stay on it, remember, for two years by the Supreme Court. Right. And once it came around, it was still a hands-down, nine-to-nothing vote. Yep. So, you know, all the people in the Congress and uh, the courts, I mean, this is what they've opened. And if you just read the letter of the law, should I be able to make money on my name, image, and likeness for someone using my name on a computer game, which is how it all started. That's right. 
that's a true thing. Yes. I should be able to make money. No question. But now, was it? I've always said this whole thing is going to lead to a ton of unintended consequences, and I think we're living those right now. I, I threw Brian Kelly's name out when we went to the break. Uh, I'm, I'm reading a guy today. It says, now that Brian Kelly's made that move to LF, LSU, if he doesn't win a national championship, then that was a failure. And I don't know if he means this year. He's got 10 years to do it. He's got 10 years to do it, but the the, the pressure is so high and the field is so competitive at the top. The I, only, here's my only statement. So all right. The last three coaches who've coached there yeah. have all won one. That's true. And two of them were not very smart. <laughs> okay. Do you have to be smart to win one? Apparently no, not. No, you just got to have the best players. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, but two of those dudes – you know, you know who they are, oh, Les yeah, yeah. and Ogeron. I wasn't going to say a, names. <laughs> they've won a national title at LSU. So, can Brian Kelly win one there? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Now, is the is the playground more crowded right now with yep. the way A and M's coming on and Nick's always there? You got the, uh, Oklahoma, Texas yep. infiltration. You got the possible realignment, which could change the dynamics of the conference quite a bit. But uh, is it possible to win one at LSU? Yeah, it's one of the top five to ten jobs talent-wise every year. Were, were you proud about the – proud's not the right word. Are you happy about the fact Cincinnati got included into Absolutely. the uh, absolutely. expansion of the Big 12 after Texas and Oklahoma decided yeah, to fall? absolutely. And they'll go in there and compete. Yeah. Okay, they've made their mark over the last three to five years with Luke Fickle. Uh, watch the NFL draft this year, and you'll now see why Cincinnati was a playoff contender the last two years. Do we see two or three – Top two round. Oh no, they're going Bearcats. to have. Uh, they have a quarterback, uh, cornerback. Corner corner is going to be in the top five yeah. picks. Oh yeah. Okay, sauce. Then you're going to have uh, Ritter teetering on the end of the first round, okay. early second All round. Right. So that's two. You're going to have an edge player. Okay. Uh, go in the top two to three rounds. You're going to have a receiver top two to three rounds. You're going to have a running back probably four, five, six. You're going to have a another corner and another safety. They're going to have seven or eight players drafted off that football team. Remember, they were the oldest team in college football due to the pandemic and the holdovers, and they had like 30-something seniors on that football team. But the good news was they were good players. That's going to be evident in the draft. Does it change the recruiting for Cincinnati, do you think? Do they have have to become more involved in Texas maybe than they had been before? It does open up their landscape that they can go further and wider. But Luke's done a great job kind of putting that four- to five-hour net around Cincinnati and reeling them in. Sauce Gardner's from Detroit, right down the road from where I'm at now. Nobody wanted that kid. When I say nobody. I know. You know, 6'3", 150, 160 pounds, couldn't run. I mean, not, not anything like he does now. He developed. And the development program at UC right now is great because it comes out of the, uh, the the training thoughts of Mickey Marotti up at Ohio State. Sure. Brady Collins does it for Luke, and they they develop players. They have a great culture there, just like they do at Ohio State. You guys, even though those are fighting words. Now, yes, I hear you can't. You're not supposed to say that. We got an Ohio <laughs> State fan who won't even say the word Michigan. He just uh, says yeah. that school up north. That school up north. Who are you guys open with? Uh, Colorado State. Nice. We got to let you go. Music yeah. in my ear. Zach Fowler's in the hallway. Rick Minner, it's Enjoyed always a pleasure. It. Have Enjoyed a great it. Easter. You bet. You too. Enjoy the family. Tell Jess we said hi. We'll do it. All right. Do you go? Is it go blue? Is that what you do now? Go blue. Go brother. blue. There it is. <laughs> As a Wisconsin guy, I can't believe I just said that. I'm going to be uh, uh, kicked out forever from the cheese state. We'll take a break. We're coming right back. Leaving the yard. Chuck, Zach, Rick Minner, Zach Fowler coming up next. Welcome back. It's about uh, 28 minutes till 6 o'clock, leaving the yard. Zach and the professor, although no Tony Kirk today, it's a rotating guest of celebrities today. We start with Rick Minner and talked a bunch of football. Now we're going to transition over to some baseball talk with uh, one of our favorites, Zach Fowler. Good to see you again, sir. Oh, you too. Glad to be back. Have you had a good week or what? Uh, it was a good week for us. It was spring break, so the kids were out. I was a little worried about routine, getting messed up. You know how that goes. Oh, but, kids uh, are never that way. Well, they played really well Tuesday night at North Lamar. Last yep. night, we did kind of sleepwalk through that game, though, and so did Gilmer, luckily, so we were able to come out with a win, but that, it was not pretty. That's two games in a row that Gilmer we've seen, who we kind of thought was, you know, Paris we know is just having a dreadful year. 
Gilmore, we thought, eh, I mean, they're going to be fifth. And all of a sudden, PG, they had a hard time uh, with them. 12-10, you guys had a tougher game with them. It was. Is Gilmore starting to figure it out? Uh, well, well, they got eliminated last night with that loss. Right, so they're right, not right. going to make the playoffs. Right. But, uh, no, they, their coach does a good job of keeping those kids competitive. They just weren't real talented this year. And, uh, you know, we, we were lucky enough to come out with a win. But they played hard. I mean, they, they really did. But you guys had just come off wins over PG and North Lamar. Two big ones. Hard to get your guys up for a Gilmer game, I it, would expect. It, it was tougher last night. I think it was more the spring break thing. They understood the importance of the game. It was just kind of getting them going yesterday was a little tough. It was just <laughs> a full week of routine change was rough on them. Can we just put spring break off until after state? Can we just I, make I it agree. in June? I, I just June. Want the routine to never change. And, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, we have two breaks in the middle of the season. That's right. And I don't get either one of them. No, that's of course baseball, not. We're so. teachers and coaches. Yeah, you know, you, so you're back. <laughs> yeah, but it's all right. We're, uh, we came out with two wins. We've never played that well over spring break, so I'm happy with it. I'll go back to the game last week. You're, you're 3-0 down to PG, and it's looking like, well, this is going to be – that would be the second win for the mm-hmm. – goes the chance probably to get a district championship out of this year unless something miraculous happened. And then comes the seventh inning. Now, yeah, I, I, I got to ask you, what's it going through your mind as you're getting ready to come to bat in the bottom of the seventh? Well, we'd only like uh, Blake pitched against us, Jennings. Jennings and he yeah. always does a good job. I mean, it's been uh, it's like the fifth time we've seen him in the last right. two years. No kidding. So, uh, but you know, we only struck out twice, and we walked. We worked about six walks in that game, so it felt like we were pushing, pushing, pushing. But man, every time we hit a ball hard, they made a play, and it was just like it was kind of you know dejecting to yep. be in that spot and just kind of. Like, man, today may just not be our day. We may play well and lose this game. And, and you had uh, left the bases loaded in, like, the third or fourth it inning. It was like we had two chances to score. Now, they left some runners on, too. It was sure. kind of both teams could have had, you know, more opportunities and either one really took advantage. And then, luckily, late we did. And it was just uh, one of the wilder finishes. I've been around that series a long time. Right. and. That was the wildest finish I've seen in that whole series of And games. a lot of unexpected stuff going on. Plays that normally would be outs that all of a sudden aren't, and the it, inning keeps getting extended. It, it was wild because we scored. You know, that last inning lasted it felt, in real time. Yeah. It was probably an eight-minute, ten-minute inning. Like, it happened just fast. Right. You know, Blake would get back on the round and make, make the next pitch, and it just <laughs> sped up on everybody. Players, coaches, everybody got sped up on in that spot. It was wild. It changes the dynamic of, of the district right now. It did. And, and, and another thing is North Lamar is really good, too. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're running a, a three-horse race right now, and, and Pittsburgh's only a game back of us in North right. Lamar. So, right. you know, PG and Pitt play tonight, I think, at six at Pittsburgh. So uh, I'll have to keep my eyes on that one later and see what that score turns out to be. But we if, got Pitt Tuesday, and that's what I'm looking at right now. If they lose, if, if the Grove happens to lose, that's three-way tie. It's a three-way tie, but we got Pittsburgh Tuesday. Right. If they beat us, they'll have a series on us because we slipped up to them in the first time we played them. So it's it's a wild district this year. There's four really good teams, and you know what's crazy is every team is in the running for that district title still. Like, yeah. it, it, that's usually not the case. So PG's lost three in a row. Is that what I remember? No, they beat Gilmer. They, they, they so beat they Gilmer. Lost they lost to Ashdown last night, but they're still playing good baseball. Like all their stuff's been late games. Right, right. And that, they're going to figure that out. They'll start playing well again. Uh, I hope it's after they play us. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, you know they're going to come back and they're going to play well at the end of the year. So it's not you know I would they're not hitting the panic button just like we did in early when we were two and three in district. Well, Same thing. you know I talked to John McClure the other day over at Texas High and we were talking about the fact that seeding mattered so much for those guys that apparently in 16 5a there's really good one two three Luffin, that are all knack. yeah we're seeing knack next Saturday. Yeah, so, good luck yeah, with that. Right, they're going to be good. And and at and at the number one spot's got a much weaker Huntsville, I believe it is. It's at four, mm-hmm. and so seating kind of matters. If you're not one, then you're in for a dogfight in the first round. What's the companion district look like for you guys? Okay, so sixteen four A is a really good district. That is your Kilgore, Henderson, uh, Longview, Spring Hill, okay. and Bullard. So right. you're looking at a. You know, I would say that uh, whoever wins it, so like Longview Spring Hill looks like they're having a great year. So yeah. you want to stay away from the four seed if you're in our district, sure. obviously. Obviously, you always want the one seed. Always. But, you know, if you don't get it, it looks like one through three. I imagine Henderson, Kilgore, all those guys are pretty similar. I mean, it's just it's the same kind of thing. Really like you good guys baseball. are. Yeah, it's probably the same deal. And that's the toughest district in this region, you know, other than ours, I right. would say, would be that one. So, so uh, great. First round, you rounds get that. one and three, you'll see that group right there. <laughs> you'll see either our district or theirs. Yeah. So. And then you're back, ar- yeah, you're back yeah. around to so you. It's, mm. Yeah, it's tough. How, how are you seeing growing this year for you guys? I know we talked about it a little earlier in the year. You had a lot of youth. Mm-hmm. Guys that uh, you had had but hadn't had big 
you know, I'm getting a lot of innings of playing time at the varsity right. level. What have you seen? Oh, well, you know, Bilotti and Blair, who came back for us, started out a little slow. Right. And then uh, they Which you kind of up. expected, though. Yes, yes, for sure. And, and you know, we stuck with them through some hard times, and then they've worked and worked and worked right. and gotten better, and they're back to rolling. And, uh, you know, Bilotti back on the mound and all that. And then the, the two Jones boys have been big time for yeah. us. WT pitched a heck of a game Tuesday, and then Cal followed it up last night with a good outing. Uh, so those two have been, you know, very important for us. And then, you know, our seniors have stepped up, like Ron Garza, uh, Xander Hall, um, who else? I, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Dylan Garten, our catcher, has been there. Xander Worthy, our first baseman. Uh, those are the guys that came back, and they've right. done a good job for us and got us to this point. So uh, we've had some freshmen step in and play. We've got two. I think we had two on the field last night. So What's with all the freshmen in this town? I think uh, this freshman nuts. class that came in was really good, all the, just over the board. You know, every every school gets the good players when everybody's. I mean, it's weird, like yeah. how that works. But uh, every freshman class this year was good. This, mean, it's is, crazy. I'm looking at you. Got a couple starters on your mm -hmm. team. PG's got a couple. Texas mm -hmm. High's got a couple. Texas High started too, too. Yeah, right? it's that's nuts. Over in five A, yeah, it's hard to do. That's what I'm saying. They got to be really good players. It's amazing how much ninth grade talent there is because you would figure. Well, the ninth graders hadn't really gotten much of this. This is pretty high-level competition at 5 and 4A mm -hmm. that you're asking ninth graders to jump into, and they just jump into it like, ah, no big deal. I guess it's the travel ball circuit, and they're seeing some better competition growing up, so like, they're not it. intimidated at all when they step on the field. So. Isn't that weird? Were you, how were you into the ninth grader? I was not very good. I was uh, <laughs> coming off a 14U Dixie ball out there at Spring Lake Park. <laughs> so who was in front of you at LE as a ninth grader in uh, what you played? When certainly... I was in ninth grade, me and Will were on the JV that year. Year. Right, and that okay. was a really talented group. I think they went four or five rounds, lost to Forney. Yeah, One yeah, of those yeah, years, yeah, yeah. The Forney years. Yeah, of course, and, the Forney uh, years. Yeah, and uh, that was like Nick Robinson, the hurdler at A and M. Right, uh, Kenny Price, who played at Northeast, and then Central Illinois, and that was a good group they had. Yeah, there. Josh well, guy. They, they blocked you guys. Yeah, they blocked us, but you know it set us up to play JV, get better, and then move on later on. So it's, it, was, it worked out well. Crazy to think we're watching ninth graders playing now, and, and I didn't. Will Middlebrooks <laughs> and Zach Fowler couldn't get on the varsity yeah. on the varsity was, field. Uh, yeah, back back then it was wow. Tough. You said you were going to start Bilotti slowly this year. You were going to limit his, his starts and kind of keep the innings down. Because you saw last year he peaked a little early right. and then was struggling at the end, arm tired, whatever. Have you felt like you've you've handled out the innings responsibility to him about the way you wanted to? Yeah, we're trying to get his recovery process right. So, like, just uh, he's always been a slow recovery guy. Like his shoulder, you know, two or three days after starts and stuff. So we're watching that. Uh, keeping track of it so we started him put him pushed him to 85 so he's about ready to go 100 110 so nice uh, he's there well, that's your limit yeah isn't it? <laughs> and then we're looking at you know he'll get one or two more starts before the playoffs and he'll be ready to go so. now are you gonna now you don't want to give this away to the folks at 16 in case any of them are sitting here <laughs> listening to Texarkana radio today but are you a one one uh, uh game playoff guy or are you a three game? Uh, I've been a two out of three guy my yeah. whole career yeah. so far if i ever have an arm that's you know 93 with, yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's just unbeatable when you I'll get go michael one. walker if i'll I go get one, one guy right. yeah and here jones tell that story is a yeah, trip yeah. Too, so. it's nuts yeah. that first that first year they went through he lost every single coin flip it was the craziest thing <laughs> and every time it's like okay well he wants to play three old baseball guy i want to play best of three i don't trust you guys will sneak up and catch one of them he lost every coin flip and every opponent got stuck having his face michael <laughs> Worked out That's good bad play. luck, isn't it, for the other guys? It is. Unbelievable. Zach Fowler's in here joining us. We're going to take a timeout. You going to stick around? Yeah, I'll be uh, here. All right, we're going to uh, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk some college baseball, a little bit of uh, Major League Baseball. Season's getting going. There's some uh, Middlebrooks guys trying to make his name doing uh, Boston <laughs> Red Sox stuff. I don't even know how I feel about this. <laughs> we'll take a break. We're coming right back. Leaving the yard. Chuck Zach. Zach Fowler in the studio. We're coming right back. Prepare for the future and reach your full potential at Liberty ILO ISD. At Liberty ILO, our educators will assist your child to become a college graduate and or career ready. We believe a safe and secure environment provides the peace of mind necessary for the pursuit of excellence. Our school environment gives our students and staff the freedom to pursue and achieve the highest levels of performance. As we say at Liberty ILO, leopard pride never dies.
All righty, welcome back. 15 minutes till 6 o'clock, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach in studio with Zach Fowler. It's a Zach and Zach show today. Tony Kirk has been... Uh, I feel like Tony's never here when I'm here. He's been here like one time the last three of them. You know, we did a baseball game <laughs> together this afternoon over at A&M Texarkana over at Dobson, and we we knew you were coming because I'd mm-hmm. set you up yesterday, and we got a uh, text message from Rick Minner. said, hey, I'm in town. What are you guys doing today? Can I come on by? I went, yeah, sure. I said, hey, guess what? Rick Minner's coming by. I said, okay, well, I'm leaving then. I went, what? <laughs> he bailed out. He said, well, the family's waiting on me. We're waiting until after the show to go out of town anyway. So since Fowler's coming and Minner's coming, he's you don't need out. me. He took off. I'm out. <laughs> so he's gone from the show. He's gone from the uh, ball, ball game we got to do tomorrow. I'm on my own on that. I'm like, all right, thanks a lot, buddy. He didn't even bat an eye. <laughs> he's yeah, no kidding. By the way, speaking of a and for folks who are um, maybe not paying attention to it, Program won their 200th game today, which is not a bad run. I think they're on the fifth or sixth year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they've they've won 200. They won today in a shutout win and are nudging their way up into the Red River Athletic Conference playoff picture. They were a game down of uh, the number four spot, who had already locked up a spot. So I think they may have clinched today or are playing the second game with a doubleheader. If they win that, they probably clinch it then. So they're in the conversation about moving on to the. uh, uh, Red River Athletic Conference Post-season tournament. Postseason baseball is hey, one of the funnest things you can. You're do not of. kidding. It's high stress. High stress. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you've been on both yeah. sides as a player and a coach. And we've asked you this before. You said you were more stressed as a coach and as a player. Oh yeah, you got control of it as a player, as a coach. You you know, you prepare and do all that, but you're not throwing it. You're not hitting it. So no, there's a bunch of 16 year olds decide if you win or not. Yeah, your job depends on 16, 18 year old kids. <laughs> In my case, this year, 15 year olds at times. So. It's, it's nuts. And you start thinking about it. Insanity. We were uh, we we're going to visit uh, this second segment about uh, college and, and pro baseball. Major League season started this past week. Um, who, who are you liking this year? Well, I always watch the Orioles early until they get out of the race. Just no, why Orioles? I played for. You played yeah, for the Orioles, Yeah, that was who right. me. So I have a little loyalty to them still, even though they let me go. But uh, <laughs> at the same I time, I have loyalty know. to them even though they let me go. <laughs> it was a great experience, man. It, you know, I wouldn't give a trade for anything. So, uh, But, you know, I watched them a little bit earlier. But I watched the Red Sox today, called Will a little bit about it, talked to him about it a yep. little bit. And uh, uh, they look like they have a good ball club, but they lost today. That kid was shoving it up their butt today. It was good. <laughs> Early in the season, I'm one of those fans that early in the season, like I'm a Brewers fan, mm-hmm. and we were terrible against the Cubs to open up the season. Got shut out by the Orioles the other day. I'm like, how do we lose? <laughs> how do we get shut out by Baltimore? But they kind of figured it out a little bit. I think they're three and three or four and three now after a win last night. Early season baseball fans are insane. When you start, it's 162 well, you think games. You can season. win it still at that point. Well, yeah, it's, it's you know you start out 10 and six or something. You feel really good. See, man. I'm afraid we were we were 0 and two, and I'm like, that's it. I'm not watching I'm them out. anymore. They're done. There's only 160 games. Or you left. get a false sense of hope because you get off to a hot start. It, it happens every year. Rangers made moves in the off season. Picked up middle infielders. Got Seager. Got Simeon. All right, we we picked up John Gray, got a little retooling. I'm still not convinced. I don't know, but I'm not convinced that they're going to be a contending team. And I don't mean a playoff team. I mean even in the conversation. Well, my problem with the Rangers is I can't watch them because I have I'm blacked out on MLB TV, so I have to watch the out of market stuff. So. Why are you blacked out on TV? Well, MLB TV doesn't let you watch the local the stuff. local. School. So like uh, I can't watch the Rangers or Astros, but I can pick up anybody else. Brewers. So like, watch a lot of Brewers. I, yeah, I get to watch everybody else, so I don't really get to see the Rangers very much. That stinks. It does, but I mean, it's, I just put base, it's background noise at my house all the time. Do, so. do two players like that in the, in the major leagues, like adding a second baseman shortstop, is that going to make a huge difference? They, they talk like it's a four or five game difference. Maybe it from it a is year ago. because you start thinking about you know the number of times they come up to the plate, the right. number of hits they get, extra bases they get compared right. to you know just the average player, and that's that wins above mm-hmm. replacement stat that they have. Um, and it's pretty accurate. I mean, they they know what they're getting. They know what they're paying for. They're right. paying for wins. So those guys do bring them whenever they're in the lineup every day. So do four wins? Are they worth a hundred million dollars? That's a bit, that's the question. Yeah. The Rangers answer <laughs> <laughs> to me. Probably, you know, I don't know. I do a lot to win, but hundred million dollars, I don't have it. It so. just like I mean, I and I know they were high profile moves and they got a lot of attention. And there were folks who were saying, "Oh, look at the Rangers now. They're actually finally investing in players that are going to probably trying to fill that ballpark up too." Have you been to that ballpark? It's beautiful. It's uh, well, it's nice to be indoors. Right, you're not going to sweat. Thank it's God, awesome. I, I, I'm not awesome. a good sweater. And I enjoyed watching in some air conditioning. Like, yeah, I'm not old school enough to say I want to sit in the sun and watch a baseball game. I didn't like sitting in the sun at the old place. No, it was hot. It, it, the it outfield was, was bruttal, bad, hot. Yeah, 
but it's a nice nice setup for sure. Now, Tampa's taken the position the last couple of years of I don't need starting pitchers, to be honest with you. I, if i got two good starting pitchers, I can run through a staff mm-hmm. of young arms that are going to go power for an inning, maybe once through the order, and then I'm going on to the next guy. They are the best at developing. They grow their arms better than anybody else. How? And they've done it for a long time. They have this, uh, you know, we their spring training was about 45 minutes from ours. So okay. we, we played them twice a week. Okay. So you see their guys, and they have a certain routine they do. They don't give it out. Like, it's just a uh, But guys leave and go to they other teams. It. They take it with them. But it's like David Price has done the same routine he did with the Rays his sure. entire career. When, when he signed somewhere else, he went. They'll trade them off, but they'll grow them. Like they have, they pick up arms and they develop them, and they're really good at it. They're hard to follow because you don't really know the roster. No, you never know. Like Snail, you didn't know who he was. No. And he plays in the World Series now. He's somewhere else. Yeah, and it, it's constant. San Diego, I think. Any yeah, yeah, anybody that's with the Rays is going to end up somewhere else in two years because they're not going to pay them. But yet they're competitive every year somehow. You got something figured out. Aaron Judge said, "I'm not taking what 215 million." He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yankees call Zach Fowler and say, I got 215 for you. You going to say no? Uh, no, I'm signing it. Yeah, I'd have signed it. doesn't matter what they and want me to do. playing in a good market. I mean, yeah, I know it's a maybe he doesn't like it. I don't know. But uh, but it sounds like he wants to be a Yankee for life. That's yeah, what he said. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, I don't know. He'll uh, Somebody may pay him, though. So How I, do you I turn down 215? That's where I I just wouldn't be able to say no. Uh, it's like, hey, I can play here. I play the game. It's generational wealth. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, multi-generations. Still, no. Even if he loses $45 million on a, you know, he's still making, what, 165 whatever that is. So he, he'll still make a lot of money, but it's just a 215 I'd probably sign right now. Have we gotten to the place where the Trout money, those guys, have put the market so far out there that most teams can't afford to do that. Well, Can Correa you afford more than a, one? Correa is a good example. Correa is a Correa good example. Correa signed with the Twins, but you know he was asking for a multi, you know, what a seven year, yeah. four hundred mil, and ends up with this player or club option after you know it's a team friendly contract because yeah. he can re up and play well and get another deal. So well, and his is, isn't it one year at a time? Isn't I think it like it's a one year at a time where the he can get out or yeah. the team has an option or something. That's it, an it's something weird. Where he's, but he's betting on himself that he's going to hit. Probably 315 with 40 home runs. And if he does that, he'll get paid. So. But didn't he? I mean, it feels like that's a guy who's already proven. I can play at this level, obviously. He's probably only 27. I, I have to look at his age, but he's got another good six years left. But nobody threw out the kind of money like we're talking about for the Trouts of the world. Like, yeah. he, he didn't get that kind of offer? No, well, he's he getting thirty-five million a year on what he what he just signed. But over the yeah, he wanted that big like I don't have to go anywhere else the rest of my career money like Pujols and. If you were a GM, would you sign a player to that? Uh, I I don't know enough about it. That's a Middlebrook's question. Yeah, for but sure. you're on the player end of that. Do you feel like there, someone there? The games change when you get to be a pro. I mean, you're still oh, you're, no you're playing for the contract that's uh, next up for you. Yes, I mean I, we can all be you know. Pollyanna and say, "Oh no, you're playing for the, the team, Series and, the, and yeah. you're playing for the next contract, especially when yours is expiring." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wonder if I get a guy a ten year security blanket of, you don't have to worry about another contract for ten years, and in Major League Baseball, it's all fully guaranteed, guaranteed money. So mm-hmm. it's not like the NFL where I'm going to cut you. No, and it's not team friendly; it's player friendly. Right. On that side, once I, you sign I, it, I can't imagine the guys that uh, gung ho midway through this career to, or midway through a ten year contract to really be all in. I'm gonna crash into the wall, kind of thing. That's the Pujols deal. I mean, I know Pujols got cut what this year was, yeah. you know, and it was that deal was not over yet. No, that he signed in 2000, what 13? Yes, yeah, 10 like year. That. And yeah, it was a big. And I, I remember when he signed it. Like, man, they're not gonna like it at the end. They're but, not. You know, they're an old a, man at the end. They got some good years out of him, but they didn't win anything with him. I, I just can't imagine why teams would ever go 10 years on anybody. It just yeah, feels like, especially at, you know, Pujols was. Allegedly, thirty years old at the time. Yeah, right. You know, that's been debated, no idea. But, uh, yeah, nobody still knows how old he is. But uh, what a great career, way, though. Boy, he's been good for a long. I remember when he came up and he was playing right field, and then he just with the Cardinals, just unbelievable to watch. I've studied his swing. Just, yeah, you know, because when I was in high school, he was the best hitter, no question. So you always wanted to be like him or Barry Bonds at the time. So it was like you want to swing like those guys. Do you want to be like Barry? No, but you want to swing like him because he can. <laughs> See, to me, it was Griffey. No, me, Griffey, Griffey had the sweetest swim. swing. Yeah. You know, I grew up in the 90s, like, young kids, so right, everybody right. loved Griffey. Everybody yeah. wore their hat bra- backwards well, and tried to swing like him. But know. loved Griffey. Loved, yeah, I thought Griffey, Griffey had awesome. the best-looking swing of any Prettiest player of I'd all ever time. seen. All, I all agree. Time. Completely. College baseball. we got a couple minutes before we got to get out of here. Um, Razorbacks, 
again sitting in the top what five or six in the country yeah just a year i don't know in tennessee pretty tennessee good. is good I, i've, I've been kind of seeing a lot about tennessee it's so hard to win lsu's not bad though. it's it gets i mean i know texas tech's pretty good too texas tech's good texas, uh, texas is, good. is really good yeah. there's just so much good baseball in the south uh man i mean they're good enough to win it right but like you know you got to get down there and win it is it's there, hard to do is there a better place than bomb uh not that i know I, I've never been to bomb on a game day. Okay, so all right. I, so fair enough. I can t- tell you, Austin and Lubbock are pretty cool. Okay, um, even Norman, Oklahoma gets wild for. A Does it time. really? It, it's smaller though. There's not a whole lot of people, but it gets fun. See, my son's um, up in Fayetteville, and he just now, swears think, by it. I think Arkansas is probably the best environment. Ole Miss is what I hear is really fun too, though. So. Yeah, but that's a different kind of fun. Never heard of it's. Yeah, I've never been there either. So. <laughs> that's a different kind of. I play in the Big Twelve, not the SEC, so I can tell you about the Big Twelve. Not much on the SEC. Though. Are you happy about Texas and Oklahoma going away? No, I no. like. Man, I like the setup of the Big Twelve the way it was when I was there. Right. It was like you know you got. Nebraska and all them were in it back yeah. then. Oh, and, boy, uh, that's really Yeah, I was just, I'm that's dating myself a Missouri, little bit. Missouri, <laughs> Colorado. Yeah. Well, we went to Missouri yeah. and Kansas State and all that. Yeah. So, uh, I like the original Big 12 conference, but, you know, it's changing. So, whatever. <laughs> we'll see who they jump jumps in there now. How's Will liking the new job? Uh, I think so. I, heck, I don't know how much he's done it yet. Probably uh, not. I talked to him a little bit earlier today. We were just talking about baseball, though, right. so I didn't ask him about the job or anything. But, uh, yeah, we just talked a little baseball and – we had him on a couple of weeks ago, and he was. I know he's fired geared, up about. He it. was gearing up. Oh yeah, yeah, he's fired up. Yeah, and he's very knowledgeable about all that goes on. You know, he has so many contacts, right, and, and so much connection to that to that organization that he's going to be great at his job. How do you live up to being Jenny's husband, though? I don't know. I mean, he, she's she is a phenomenal. broadcast queen. Like, I know. You know, I stayed with him one time in Florida, and the amount of time she spends prepping, and yeah. him too. Now he had a podcast going at the time, so it was like. Hey guys, I'm gonna be. Me and Rushing were down there, and he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna give me an hour. I'm gonna got prep for the show." So wow! I was like, you know, he puts time into yeah. it, and so does she. Uh, and it, it's impressive to watch him work. Power couple right there. That's right. That, that's it. <laughs> she got all the talent. He well, no, he didn't get the looks. So. No, she got the talent and the looks. <laughs> that's how that worked. Yeah. I understand that. I'm in that same kind of relationship. <laughs> Zach Fowler, good seeing you again. You too. Have a good Easter. Yes. Best of luck next week. We're keeping an eye on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday Pittsburgh with Pittsburgh. L.E. At home? Friday is uh, Pleasant Grove. At home? The Pittsburgh's at home. Pleasant Grove's over there at their place. We're going to have that game on for you then, I'm sure, Tuesday. Earl Gill's going to be out there with Tyler Huff. Get you a game on the radio. Broadcast now? He better be. Somebody better be. Okay, I like it. Otherwise, I'll be out there. I'll text Earl, see if he's going to be there. You take care. (laughs) All right, you guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. He was over until they found the empty tomb. The resurrection is the most important event in world history. Christian apologists apply logic to the historical...